If you've got your Bibles, uh, we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, but we're going to flip back to 11, so that's kind of where we'll be. If you happen to get up and didn't, you don't have a Bible or you didn't grab a Bible, feel free to grab one from one of our tables over here so that you can kind of work through it uh, with us would be, would be great. If you got in here without your sermon notes, uh, if you happen to get through, uh, didn't get those, just slip up your hand and um, Mike in the back will come running to you uh, and, and get you those. Would be, uh, would be great. We're going to just walk through this. I told you five weeks ago when we started this series that this book is what I was describing as like a bare-fisted intellectual street fight of words that Solomon, the wisest man in the world, was putting on towards the end of his days to say, this is what I've learned, and I'd like to pull no punches here, I'd just like to be straightforward. Solomon is telling us, this is what I've learned about life, and really, is there anything in life worth meaning? So that's kind of the journey he's been walking us down. The writer's uh, Solomon, and he asks these kind of questions. Will, uh, will like stacks of money, will stacks of money like solidify the ache that's in my heart? Will uh, popularity fill a void or, or an empty spot for me? Will pleasure or thrill-seeking, will that kind of quiet the restlessness that I might have in my life? Will it, will it be like knowledge or even uh, power or control? And will that lead to the true inner peace in my life? And that's really what the first nine chapters taught us as we walk through this. What is it that's going to bring satisfaction, peace in your life? Now, I think as men, uh, sometimes men, we don't want to use the phrase joy and peace. I don't know if we think those are just girly words or what. But men, did you know that to find satisfaction, that we actually struggle with it greater than women struggle with it? That we're actually looking for it. We just don't verbalize it. We just don't talk that way. But we're looking for it just the same. Solomon is saying, what is it that brings that? I just want to like, be straightforward, and Solomon writes this book for us to hear it. Now, today, uh, Solomon, towards the end of this book, which has 12 chapters, and we're going to read the first verse or two of chapter 12, step back to chapter 11, he's got a word for our youth, or for young folks, is what he says. And when he says youth in the Bible, sometimes our immediate thought of youth would be maybe, I don't know, 12 years old to 18, maybe 6th grade to, to 12th grade, something like that. Well, actually, in the Bible, when they said youth, they would be thinking about similar age range. Different walks of life, however, as they were marrying and having babies somewhere around that 13 or 14 years old. But they're talking about a similar age range. So this morning, I wanted to make sure that as I put in this, that the context is for our students and our young folks to make sure they hear what is being said from Solomon here. Because many of us, and I'm 43, some of you are younger and older, many of us would say, I have had to learn these very tough life lessons. It was almost like in order to know that my head would hurt, I rammed it into the concrete wall. And then I learned, oh, that hurts. 
and I wasn't sure that if I slammed my hand in the car door that would hurt, so I went ahead and tried that as well, and the list just kept going on. Some of us my age or older would say, that's me. Um, I've lived it that way. Solomon says, youth, let me teach you a lesson very early about what brings value and meaning to your life and what doesn't. And so chapter 12, verse 1, is where he launches into this. So if you have your Bibles, chapter 12, verse 1, this is what Solomon writes. Remember your creator, God, in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Do you see what Solomon's getting at uh, right away? He says, youth, young folks, remember the creator. Remember God in the days of your youth. Remember him. He's saying there is a special time in your life when you are young. It only happens once when you're young where responsibility is very low. Bills are pretty low. That's nice. And he says, look, in that moment, in these foundational moments of your life, when you're starting to put into play these things that are important and these things that aren't important, would you, youth, students, would you remember God in those days? Because if you will, it is going to serve you so well in the future years to come, if you would remember. Now, notice uh, right after, he says, before the days of trouble, the days of trouble. Uh, Do you know what uh, Solomon's getting at, that the days of trouble are? Uh, uh, Yeah, look up. It's old. Getting old is what Solomon is talking about here. Getting old. Look it up if you want to kind of work through it in in the original language. That's exactly what uh, Solomon is referring to. The days of trouble come as you're getting. Now, some of you are like, amen, days of trouble. I'm right on that. I know what you're talking about there. Um, Days of trouble. So, uh, he says, before the days of trouble come, or you might word it this way, before the days of responsibility come, before those days come, remember God. Because when you get in the middle of those days, it could go either way. It could go either way in your life. Solidify it now. Days of trouble. Uh, What what does that look like? Uh, Let me just highlight a couple things that Solomon says in the text right after that, starting in verse 12, uh, excuse me, verse 2. He says this, before the sun and light and moon and stars grow dim. Uh, You know what he's talking about there? Eyesight, glasses here, before these things start to go dim, where I'm looking around and it doesn't quite look the same. I went to the, I went to the doctor, or excuse me, I went to the, um, uh, well, the person that makes the glasses. What are they? I don't know. The, the glass maker. And I know that's not what they're called, but that's what we're going to go with. And I was having new glasses made, and they said, How, you know, what's your prescription? Is it in, fi- in the file? And I said, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's the same thing. I've, I got a pair made last year. Um, well, they went ahead and decided they would check me uh, out just to be sure. And I learned, no, not the same. <laughs> not the same. Even in a one-year period, it had, had not improved. Uh, it had digressed. Um, one time I remember being at uh, one of our church conferences. This is back in Phoenix. And we had all the pastors from the, the district there. It was our big district meetings. And out on the counter where we would serve like donuts and refreshments and things like that, there was a pair of glasses sitting there. Um, this is back in my life when I was still like making fun of people that had to wear such big glasses. Um, now I think those people are heavenly. Uh, but there was 
a pair sitting there that was like huge. Like, I mean, Coke bottle, you know, lenses, you know, huge kind of things. You know what I'm talking about? Sitting on that counter. And I'm looking at those glasses thinking, well, whoever wears those is never going to find those. I don't know what they're doing out there and what they're bumping into, but they are never going to make it back and be able to find that pair of glasses. That um, just happens, you know, as, as we get older. Um, ver- verse 3 says, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop. Uh, you know what uh, Solomon's talking about is the servants of the house there, as they got older, they're not as steady-handed, and they start to, to hunch uh, a little bit more. Um, it, it shrink and shakes. Um, I remember with my grandma, I, I would describe her as loving as she was like this. That's what Solomon is getting at as he's trying to talk to the youth and he's trying to speak to them. I went for uh, uh, the doctor not too long ago. I, I, you know, I was six two, but I measured out at five nine. And the doctor, um, this I'm only forty three. Where's this going to go in my life? I don't know. So, uh, verse four says, "When the doors to the street are are closed," and I, I had to do some looking at this one just to see how this quite uh, played in. Um, and you can think about it this way: uh, sometimes. At about 9 o'clock at night, James, my son, gets off work, and I might get a text from him that says, hey, I've got some friends that are going out, they're meeting at cookout, or they're meeting at a friend's house, and those type of things. I don't know about you, but 9.20, for me, uh, I'm thinking about, I'm ready to wrap this thing up. You know, we're, we're ready to head to bed, and you're just, you're just heading out with your friends for the night, and I can feel older than he is at that moment. I can feel like the energy is not quite, quite there. Uh, here's what he says in verse 5. When people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond trees blossom and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire no longer is stirred. Uh, you probably gathered exactly what Solomon's talking about there, especially kind of breaking it down in, in, the, in the Hebrew there. Um, no, uh, let, me, let me just tell you what uh, Pastor Bill Hybels uh, had once wrote about this passage itself there as I was trying to figure it out. He says this, when climbing three stairs leaves you breathless and dizzy, when a bump in the night keeps you up awake for the rest of the night, when what's left of your hair turns white, when daily duties become a, chore, a sore, and when you see sex as a chore. That's what he says. That's from the Greek, I mean, from the Hebrew. Straight out is what Pastor Bill Hybels says. What is he trying to get out here? Is he just trying to say, as you get older, things change. Things change. Some stuff gets harder. Some stuff gets awkward. It's even our bodies. Yesterday I was at a, a weightlifting meet, which uh, I do now and again. I don't think there was a single person over 29 years old lifting, and I was looking at them thinking, how do they do this and not feel like what I feel like after I do this? Well, the simple, question, the simple answer for that is some age. So what does Solomon say here? Look, youth, in the days of your youth, remember your creator. Remember God in the days of your youth before the days of trouble will come. Hey, so let me talk about just the, the gist of, of this message in the next in the next few minutes. If you flip back to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, chapter 11, 
I want to start in verse 9, and I want to just give you, youth especially, four words that come out of this section that really talk about what is Solomon getting at when he says to remember. Four, like, key words, and they're kind of like action words that would help you as you walk this course of being young. The first word is this. It's the word revel. Revel. To enjoy to the fullest, you would say. Ecclesiastes 11.9a says, You who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. I mean, Solomon is saying right there, when you're young, enjoy the days. These are great days for you. Uh, You have energy and, and excitement and everything is new. Enjoy these. Revel in these days is what he's saying to young folks. If there's this unique time in your life, students when the responsibility level is much lower than it will ever be as you continue on in life. And he says, you know what? Enjoy that time. Enjoy that moment. The time of your life, students, when it's you playing and your parents watching. Enjoy that time. Go out and just love what you're doing in that moment. The days when you come home and you can say, hey, I'm going out into the neighborhood. I'm going out playing. I'm going to ride my bike or something like that. And mom or dad says, okay, go ahead. Be home by six. And during that time to six, you, you get to revel in that time and that enjoyment of your youth. And Solomon says, enjoy that. Enjoy that time of life. You don't need to bring the stresses and responsibilities into that moment. Uh, Your parents are there to help teach you that and help to give you what you need to help you along the developmental journey, but enjoy it is what he's saying. The second word is this. It's a word experiment. Test out who God has designed you to be. Now, here's an interesting verse. Ecclesiastes 11.9b, the second half of that verse, says this. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. What's Solomon getting at? He's saying, saying, look, experiment. Go find out who God has designed you to be. Get involved in things, but there's a negative part at the end there he wants to drive home, but remember there's, there's consequences that come with it. There's judgment that comes with it. This is what Solomon is saying. Let me first start at the end there. He's saying, look, youth, don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything illegal. Don't go get yourself in trouble just because, you know, you're young and you're energetic and you might want to try something adventurous. Solomon is saying here, look, this is not like green light to everything that ever comes across your thinking or your mind. That would serve us well. So don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything illegal because those things can have dire consequences. If you know God's word, go ahead and put into practice the things that God says do and the things that God says don't do in your life. Now, some of you, I tell you, I I could line you up, myself included, and we could just rattle off testimony after testimony to our young folks to say, yeah, that's true. Let me, it's true. Let me tell you about a moment in my life. Let me tell you about this one night or this one thing or here or there. And it's really changed the course of my life. In some ways, you might even still be affected by the consequences. I remember one time being invited to a party. We were playing tackle football at an elementary school. I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, The party was later that night. And 
uh, for, for whatever reason, I wasn't really into to the drinking, the alcohol. It made me a little nervous, and I knew it would be at that party, so I said, you know, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit this one out. Um, it was baseball playoff season as well, so uh, I, you know, I had something to watch on TV. And that night, a few kids at the end of a party piled into a car, went about 92 on a country road, missed a turn. And I remember being able to go to the junkyard with my father and seeing the car that those three dead bodies had been in. Just, just one night, right? One night, just some kids wanting to go off and blow off a little steam, have a little fun, just be a little crazy, a little stupid, get into a car for just one silly decision. And it cost them. And I walked the road with Jimmy Gloman's mother. We were good friends. I felt this, this ache in my heart to be close to her. And I walked the road. And you know what I saw? Not just the destruction of those three kids. It destroyed his mother's life, the marriage, the relationship with the other daughter, these type of things. So Solomon would say, look, don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything illegal. Don't get out there and just say, I'm young. I can, I can, now's the time to do it. I can get away with it. But he says this, follow the ways of your heart. On the positive side, he said, look, go experiment with things. Do, type of th- do some stuff. Get out of your room and find out who God has designed you to be. Get away from your computer and go do things that you otherwise may not have done. It says, look, go try out for a team or two. So you're not that good. So maybe you even get cut. So what? Learn about yourself. Sign up for a ministry here at the church that you can serve in. Maybe it perfectly fits who you are. Maybe you're just like, I I just want to learn more about myself. Get plugged in. Sign up for a part-time job. It doesn't have to be a career for you. Just Just go apply for something and let God build into you who you want to be. Some of those things you'll go, wow, I didn't realize I'm kind of, kind of good at this. I kind of like this. I enjoy this. Others of you, <laughs> other times you might say, well, I, I, don't think that, I don't think that fits for me. I'm going to put that aside uh, and, and not do that anymore. And that's okay. One of the things that I was blessed with growing up is a dad who always encouraged the things that I came up with that I wanted to do. Uh, he would often say to me, um, uh, when I throw out an idea, and sometimes they were a little weird and far-fetched, and he would say, uh, Tommy, that's what he called me. You're not allowed to, but that's what he called me. He said, Tommy, um, yeah, yeah, go for it, I guess. You go for it. And so the times when I would play uh, a sport, uh, or the times that I would sign up for a drama team, or the time that I thought I would uh, eventually be uh, like a professional poet, that I would make my life writing poetry and entered a poetry contest, true story, um, for my uh, piano lessons. Correction, my piano lesson. Um, my dad was there to support and back and encourage me. And I think because of that, I experimented with so many little things. Some of them last just a, a few days, but I locked into others. Do you know that coming out of the, that poetry thing, because I had to stand and recite my poetry, um, I don't think I, I could do that for all the money in the world now, but at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do. Out of that became kind of a love of public speaking. And I started taking the classes in high school and then college, public speaking, preaching, and those type of things. That was, that was built into me. Parents, if you want to be a blessing to your kids, don't make them be specialists at five, six, nine years old. They don't have to play the sport year-round at that time. They don't have to do the one thing. 
let them experiment. Encourage them to get out there. Because here he says, look, follow the ways. If it comes into their heart, go ahead. Bless it. Bless it and support it. Assuming it's something within God's will. Okay, here's the third one here. If you look further down, it's the next verse, actually. It's this word banish or uh, cast far off, send out far away. So then, banish anxiety is what he says, from your heart. Banish anxiety from your heart. That's interesting uh, there. He says banish anxiety. He could have said banish many of things. When we think about God's word and it talks about holiness so often, he could have said banish, you know, the ways of the world or, you know, the thought of the enemy. He says banish anxiety. What's he getting to? Youth. There's this unique time, students, in your life. And Solomon is saying, look, you don't need to take the weight of the world on your life right now. You don't have to have that. You don't need to be anxious about this coming election that's coming up. Enjoy the days of your youth is what he's saying. You don't have to be anxious. Now, we're not talking about being ignorant on that and not start growing and developing in your understanding of the world. He says you don't have to take the weight here on your life. Banish anxiety from your heart. There's this great time, youth, where you get to enjoy life in a different way, in a different way. Do you know a huge part of us adult students, did you know this, parents in here, a huge part of our life, the enjoyment of our life comes through you. Being able to watch you do what you're doing, being able to see you develop and grow. Last Thursday, uh, you know, James had his last cross-country conference meet of his high school career. He'll run one more this week in States. But, um, and I'm sitting at the starting line of a cross-country meet, and I'm getting all kind of choked up and stuff and teared up because part of the enjoyment of our life is when we get to watch you students be involved. And I'm telling you, to see you take the weight of the world and the anxiety of the adult life on you just doesn't seem like it fits. And Solomon would agree is what he is saying here. Don't bring that anxiety on your life. Now, youth, students, I recognize developmentally I've done the study. I understand that you experiencing some stuff for the first time in your life. That's why at 13 years old, when you have the crush on the girl and she breaks your heart, it's like, oh, you know, and um, I understand it's the first time you've dealt with that. The emotions are crazy. They're all over the place. I get it. Um, Solomon's saying, look, don't take the weight of the world on your shoulders. Banish that anxiety. I think there's one thing that students would have an incredibly difficult time banishing the anxiety of life. In fact, if I let them have the mic, every one of them, and they were so willing, they could concur and agree with this. And that is the anxiety of thinking about what others think of them. Uh, And every student at some point, and probably from the beginning of time, deals with this and walks through this. Some of them continually becomes an obstacle for the enjoyment and satisfaction of their life because they're constantly worried what does someone else think? Do they like me? Do they not like me? Will they like this? Will they not like this? And it's such a, a level of anxiety that's heaped upon it. As students, if I was uh, wanting to be honest with you right now, I would tell you, I, I know your parents and the adults well enough in the church that sometimes it's even hard to outgrow. We keep walking the same road of it. And Solomon would say, banish that. Banish that. 
I was a sophomore in high school, and I made the varsity baseball team. And uh, it, was a, it was a big deal for two of us sophomores that got to make the team. Very large high school, so we were pretty excited. We also recognized we would probably be carrying everybody's bags the whole year. was probably going to be our main role. Um, but the third baseman, Travis Lee was his name, was involved in a scooter accident. You know, the little mopeds? Got cut off, and he damaged his knee, and he was done for the season. So guess who was slotted right into third base? Uh, was little, little old me. Um, and... Um, I learned that when you start, you start to have a connection with players that you otherwise didn't have. It's like you're received and accepted in. I didn't understand this before that time. And there was a couple things that that, uh, I was starting to be involved in that um, I was uncomfortable. I I was young. Uh, Some of it was a little alcohol-related, and uh, other was just just some aggressive uh, language and joking and things that like were so new to my life, even though I wasn't a Christian. I I was a little nervous about it. So, But I felt like in order to really be accepted into this crew, like, that's just the way everyone goes. So I talked to my dad about it one night, and I mentioned it to him, uh, what I was dealing with and, I, and feeling. And I remember saying something like, I just feel like, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm not going to be fully accepted in uh, unless, unless I kind of embrace these things. The drinking thing I did not talk to my dad about um, that night because that would have been a different response from him. Um, but I remember the response. It stuck with me. Only time I've ever heard my dad say this. He said, uh, you know, Tommy, um, you know, you can do what you want, but I'd tell him to take a flying leap. That's it. That's exactly what my dad said. Uh, and it stuck with me. I'd just take him, I'd tell him to take a flying leap. Uh, it was my dad's very, uh, very soft and moral way of saying, you know, why let somebody else dictate to you what God has already designed in, in you? Now, my dad didn't know the Lord at the time, so he wouldn't have said it that way. Um, but it's my dad saying, why would you let somebody else dictate? Why would you have these, these morals and these staples and be grounded in this area of your life that you would say, this will pollute me in my life if I walk this way? Why would you let them dictate that you would step off that and then go that way? Students, do you understand what Solomon is saying here? Just banish those type of things. And I don't know about you students, but um, I would guess that every day you face some type of mostly even subtle pressure to conform in some way to some mindset and and some thinking, some way of talking, and maybe even some use of, like we said, alcohol or drugs or those type of things. And the list just keeps going on. This subtle pressure that you feel is under. Sometimes it's not even friends that put it on you. It's you putting it on yourself because you so much want to be like them. And Solomon says, first of all, just banish that anxiety. Get rid of that anxiety. Why let that person dictate to you something you've already solidified will pollute your life if you go down that road? And so I'd encourage you, students, if you're in that position, to, I, I encourage you, just tell them. To go take a flying leap. Uh, you can tell them your pastor said so, uh-huh, if you'd like. Yeah. Um. I believe over the course of time I've gotten to where I understand fairly well biblically what's true north and understanding through God what's true north. And do you know that students that as a 43-year-old pastor, I'm constantly uh, either 
there's a attempt of influence or constantly encouraged to think a certain way theologically, to think a certain way politically. You need to have this program in your church. You shouldn't have this program in your church. You should have a handshake time in your church. You should never have a handshake time in your church. And these things roll over. Do do you know that I just personally, just like I just told you students, sometimes I say it more in my head than I think I'd ever verbally say it, but to those who are attempting to influence on the theological or on the political or in my head often, students, I just say, just like I just encourage you, you know, um, I appreciate it, but I'm going to just encourage you to go take a flying leap on that one. I, I believe that I understand what's true north here and where God wants to lead in here. And so, students, banish that anxiety. Don't take that on yourself. Because it flips back to the last one where Solomon says, don't do anything stupid. Okay, fin- final one here, the final word. Uh, we find it's, and it flips us back to Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. The word is remember. Bring to the forefront of your thinking, remember. Do you remember what he said? He says, uh, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come. Remember your creator. Now, memory is a constant casualty in the life of young people. Am I right, parents? Um, Memory is not something that's uh, remembered very well in uh, the life of our, our young folks. We say things like, uh, you'd forget your head if it wasn't yeah, attached, tied on, screwed on. I heard different things uh, there. Yeah, depending on uh, your context and how you want to tell the story, uh, that's what we think often. Um, hey, I'm going to put this right here. We know as parents what I'm going to put this right here means. That means in five seconds you will not remember that thing even exists on this planet as you move on. Students, we understand these type of things. It's part of your development, um, part of your growth. I will confess those students to you. I want to show you something. These right here are keys to the school, the rooms I'm allowed to be in and allowed to open up and the closets I'm allowed to open up. I use these keys and also the trailer every Sunday morning for the last three and a half years I've used these keys. Students, can I be honest with you that I forget these kids, these keys, I'm not joking, 50% of the time. If you just knew the amount of times my car has gone out of the driveway, down the street, done a U-turn, come back down, up in my driveway, I've run inside, and grabbed the keys and gone on. It is such a joyful victory if I'm actually not out of my driveway before I walk back and get these keys. And yes, in case you're thinking, I was in the car and I started it this morning before I remembered I did not have these keys in my pocket. How these keys have made it from the school to my key rack every day for the last three and a half years, every Sunday, I have no idea of grace of God, I guess. Memory, it's just part of life, right? But students, I'm telling you, you just have a worse reputation than we do uh, as adults. It's just where it's at. Can I just tell you a story uh, from my former pastor uh, about, I think, one of the worst memory stories ever? He tells a story of when he was young, he was invited to a prom from another high school, a rival high school. A young, smart, attractive girl invited him to go to the prom. And he says that uh, he prayed about it. Not really. He just said yes right away. I mean, what really could go wrong here, right? And she said uh, yes. Now, this is before cell phones and texting and all that kind of stuff. So it's just set the date and remember the date, right, kind of thing. And so life went on. Well, his dad showed up uh, one day after school, and he, he says to him, Billy, um, I need you to run to Washington, D.C. His dad owns several companies in several different areas. I need you to run up there because there is a large check 
that's waiting for us from a project that we've been waiting on a long time. I need you to go up there and get the money. Don't come home without the check. So uh, he got in the car and he drove from Michigan to Washington, D.C. to uh, pick this up. And uh, when he got there, um, he got the check. And um, it was a, a time in our country where uh, Bobby Kennedy had been assassinated. In fact, it was the day of. And uh, some of you are much older than me. I only know these stories through my father who, who told me about it. Um, but it was a, a tough time, uh, obviously, with, with JFK being assassinated a few years earlier. And then earlier that year, Martin Luther King and then Bobby Kennedy. And so just the turmoil in, in the nation at that time was great. And so Billy's father called him and he says to him, hey, um, I just learned there." They're going to bring Bobby Kennedy's body back to Washington, and you're there, and I, I tell you, I'm going to cover all the expenses. I, I want you to stay on because you're, you're going to experience something in history that it's going, to be, it's going to stick with you the rest of your days. And so you know, Billy accepted that and stayed, and the day came, um, and he was standing, on, um, he was standing out there uh, on the funeral route by himself, uh, him alone, but you know, thousands and thousands of people. And uh, experienced all of that going by. Um, you don't need to know all the, the, the politics or the people involved to understand how powerful a moment that would have been to, to see that. And so he got himself back to a hotel room that his dad had set up there in Washington, D.C. And he was kind of, uh, kind of breaking down what he had experienced. He said that even as a, a junior in high school, he was experiencing tears. It was a very, very odd emotional experience for him. And he was sitting there and he was watching the news and at the end of the broadcast he said, and that's the news on June 8th, 1968. And it hit him. June 8th. June 8th. And he says, oh no, not good. Not good. He remembers he's supposed to be in Michigan going to a prom with a girl from a rival high school. And so panicking, not knowing quite what to do, he got on the phone and called. Uh, the dad answered. Um, that's never somebody you would want to answer in that situation. He doesn't let him talk to her. Um, I understand as a dad, uh, that's probably my response as well. And the dad proceeds in the next few minutes to just read him the riot act, as you might expect, and is probably uh, a good thing at that, at that moment. And so he said, you know, the, the, my daughter's in her dress, the photographer's here, the family's here, where are you? And he apologized over and over and over and over. And of course, the dad hungs up and says, I would appreciate you never speaking to my daughter again. And that's exactly what happened, other than a delivery of flowers to the house. Um, that's about the worst forgetful story um, you, you might ever hear. Solomon, though, in this passage shares with us something, youth, that would be a worse forgetful story. Solomon says, if you were to forget about God in the days of your youth, that would be about the worst thing you could forget. Forget your keys, forget your wallet, those type of things, lose your bank card, but don't forget about God in the days of your youth. Don't expect that uh, youth, you're just going to recover in life one day if you forget about God now because, as I said at the beginning, it, it could go either way. As you get older and the influences are strong and they're great. Don't forget about God in the days of your youth. 
Can I tell you a statistic here? 70 to 80 percent of teens that are in our youth programs, that are in our churches, will no longer be involved in the church world by the time they're 22 years old. Through the college years, 70 to 80 percent is what the stats tell us for various reasons. Now's the time, youth, to solidify it. Parents, can I ask you a question? If your youth lined you up, and I asked you first, tell me the, the three things that are most important in your life. And then I cut you off before you verbally were able to say anything. And I said, well, no, 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 let's just, let's look at your social media. Let's look at what you have around the house. Let's look at this secret footage I, I filmed of you over the week. What would the three things be? What would rise up? Now, let me tell you, parents, if God doesn't show up on one of those lists, one of those things, don't expect it's going to show up for your kid on that list too. They need you to build into them. Youth, it's time now. Uh, many of you youth, I want to say I, I'm so proud of you because I know your story and I know when you became a believer in Jesus Christ, when you started this walk with Jesus. Some of you, it just started because you were five and your parents went to church and that was all there was. But I've watched this growth of faith over the years and it's been phenomenal. Many of you youth, you're involved in our impact on Wednesday night. And I just want you to know, teens that are here, I'm so proud of you, those that are involved in that. Will you join me in that, parents, that you're proud of them for being involved? Yeah, you could do that. Because you're getting built into every week how important the creator, God, is in your life. Parents, you got to pick up that mantle every day and make sure that's part of daily life in your home every moment. Because the worst thing to forget would forget, forget God in the days of the youth. So uh, here's what I want to do is I've invited the praise team. If they would sing through this, the chorus of this song we sang earlier. And I would guess this morning, maybe students, this, this is you, but I'm going to guess there are some older than students folks out there that as you're sitting there thinking, you're thinking, man, I didn't remember God in the days of my youth. In fact, I'm not doing such a hot job remembering God in the days of right now. And so I want to encourage you and give you the opportunity to just go before God and say, God, I want to make this, I just want to make this recommitment, this commitment to you, God, that I'm going to remember you in these days. Be in your word, know who you are, put you into my life full fold. So can we invite the praise team to, to lead us and feel free to sing if you'd like and then I'll come back in a minute and I want to pray for you. Yeah. 
So here's how I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer now. Uh, we have several of our students around, and I, I realize that school uh, parents and adults, they don't want you to embarrass them. Um, we're in a pretty safe place here, though, so here's what we're going to do. Um, I want to invite you, if, if you've got some teens around, we're just going to lay hands on our teens, and I'm going to pray for our students. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pray now uh, for this. It's a, it's a totally different world. If you're 43 like me, it is a different world in our schools than we rolled through it. So I want to invite you, if you'll just, just movement-wise, if you'll just kind of move and, and pray, uh, lay hands on, on a teen close, and then I'd like to lead us in a, a closing prayer to wrap up this, this portion of this Are You Satisfied series we've been walking through. Join me in prayer. Father, what a a powerful word from your scripture to not forget you in the days of our youth. Father, our youth are so precious uh, that when we look, I I find such joy in being with them and hanging out and playing games and those type of things. Father, I recognize it's all secondary to seeing them lock into a commitment to you in the days of their youth. It was you, God, yourself who said, bring the little children to me. Bring the children. And I know our students are little more than little children, but nonetheless, God, bring them. And so, Father, I'm going to pray for them right now as they deal with things and they work through things and they're influenced by things, they're tempted by things, Lord, things that we couldn't even would imagine it would exist when we walk through school. Father, today we lift them up, put a hedge of protection around them. Lord, we, I recognize, Lord, at the end of the day, it's, it's their decision and their commitment to follow you that will be the strongest thing in their life. But Father, we want to pray for the influence around them. We want to pray for the church body that you would use us in the way that you would like to use us, Lord. If it's a simple, hey, how are you? How's school? Or if it's all the way to the point of saying, I'm going to give up my time and I'm getting involved in kids' ministry. I'm getting involved in teen ministry because it's so needed, Lord. May we not say no to anything you're calling us to. I pray for every parent that's sitting near their teen. Father, I, I know it's a hard job sometimes to be a teen parent, to figure out what to do and And Lord, I confess, my strategies have backfired many times. Sometimes my strategies have just been plain lame. But Father, I believe that if us as teen parents stay plugged in and connected to what you want us to be, you will teach us the rays of wisdom in parenting our teen to know and love you. So Lord, help us to do it. Father, I want to just pray uh, for the adult that says, man, I, I wish I'd put a sermon like this into play when I was, when I was 18 or 16 or 20. Um, I've walked a hard road because of some decisions. Father, could I just convince 
that person right here that you're a God who brings forgiveness and restoration and redemption. And you're a God that if right here, right now, they would embrace you and receive you and say, you know, bring that to my life. Be the Lord of my life. That, Father, you promise in your word to bring full healing. And that you will be a friend that walks closer to us. Father, we pray that on each person that might be struggling with the the choices of their youth. Now, Lord, uh, launch us forward, Father, because I would guess the moment we say a prayer like this, uh, there might be immediate opportunity to need to put our faith into action. So, Lord, show us what that would be. May we stand strong in you, we pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen. So as you're making your way back, um, can I just... Can I just do a, a little, just, just a little a plug and announcement for our, our youth and our kids' ministries? You're seeing the value, how significant it is to build into our kids. And so I want to encourage you, if you're, if, if you're not already, if you're not plugged into one of those things, and God has in any way just tickled your heart about it, and you're running a little bit from it, or you said, you know, I'll get to it maybe at the beginning of next year, those kind of things. Um, if you walk through our our spiritual gifts assessment a couple weeks ago and you know the things you checked and you'd go like, gosh, I checked some kids things. I checked some youth things on there. Um, It's needed. Now's the time. Right now is the time where the kingdom of God here at our church needs you to plug into kids ministry and into teen ministry. So we'd like to hear from you. Uh, Just use your card. You can communicate with us and we'd love to connect with you. And we'll start you off really soft if we need to. Um, in, in working with our kids and teens and help you uh, learn how to do that. Um, but it'll be such a reward and a blessing to help one of our kids, uh, one of our small kids back there or one of our students to learn about God and remember him in the days of their youth. will be phenomenal. All right, well, thanks for that opportunity. Next week, we're going to finish this series and walk through the end of Ecclesiastes. And uh, it's kind of next week saying, here's what Solomon actually says does bring meaning. And so we'll talk about that uh, next week. Uh, important morning. I would invite, encourage you, invite a friend. It's a good morning for that as we finish the series. Then two weeks out, I've invited uh, Pastor Anson, if he would come and uh, share with us uh, as well. And I said, look, it's an open week. Preach on anything you want. Um, so... It's, it's going to be awesome, I think. All right? Okay. Um, so, so I'm looking forward to that in, in two weeks uh, as well. It'll be good. So our ushers are going to come and take uh, up our, our offering. Uh, they'll take our offering, our building pledges, use the envelopes if you need, or online, windoverhills.org, if that works better for you, that's fine. Uh, again, the cards, if you would turn those cards in through uh, this avenue, that would be great for us. If you don't get yours filled out in time, you can always take it to the Welcome Center as well and drop it off there, and that'll get right to us. And we'd love to pray for those things or connect with you on anything you'd like. So uh, I want to invite you to stand now. Uh, the praise team's going to lead us in a song. Uh, the words are, God is on the move, all right? So let's Let's go be that and be the church as we sing this and then go out.